Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning. So good to see you. We're glad that you are here. If you're watching online, thank you so much for being with us this morning. I believe God has something special. What do you think? I've already felt something special in my heart and my life today. Would you pray with me right now? Father, we're so grateful to be in your presence today. Let your word come alive in my lips and in our hearts and our ears. Lord, speak to us something special today. We ask it, we pray it. In Jesus' holy name, amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. Last weekend was Labor Day, and uh, Carrie and I, Friday, we kept our little granddaughter Hartley. Then Friday afternoon, we drove to Yukon, and we picked up Riley, our three-year-old granddaughter. We had her Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. It's the longest she's ever been away from home. So Friday night, when it's time to go to bed, she says, Papa, Cece and I are going to sleep in your bed. And you have to go sleep in Uncle Matt's bed. Now, we've tried this before, all of us together. And uh, if you've ever slept with a three-year-old, you know what it feels like? Sleeping with a three-year-old. So uh, she sent me to Uncle Matt's bed because her and Cece are going to sleep in Papa's bed. And if you've ever had, you know, a squirmy and a kicky-in-the-back type uh, person, it's hard to sleep and it's hard to dream whenever you have that kind of condition. And we live in a world today that's kind of squeamy and kicking around a little bit. And sometimes it's hard to dream the way that God wants you to dream. But people have a response to your dreams. And sometimes those responses are good. Sometimes they're negative. They can be for you. They can be against you. How many of you know that's absolutely true? So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter 37. I'm going to read to you a very, very familiar story. For some of you, may not be so familiar. But let's get started. Verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. And they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I've dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheep arose and stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. How many of you know that's not a good way to start off with your brothers right there? And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now drop down to verse number 18. Now when they, Joseph's brothers, saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said one to another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit, and we shall say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams." Joseph's brothers not only wanted to kill the dream, they wanted to kill the dreamer also. The enemy wants to kill your dream today. He doesn't want you to dream. He does not want you to expect or aspire to things even higher than you or higher than me. But let me tell you what God wants you to do. He wants you to keep on dreaming. He wants you to have a dream for you, your family, for this church, for your ministry, for your children, your grandchildren, and for you personally. Now, God has a dream for everyone, I believe, 
But it's not unusual for people to try to kill your dream, discourage you in your dream. It's not unusual to feel like dreams might not ever come true. And I'm sure you felt that way. Difficulties come our way. There was the divorce. There was the bankruptcy. You lost your job. There, there was the illness or the disease. There, there was the virus. There, there was that hospital stay. There was uh, things that happened outside of your circumstance. There was a death in the family, and you felt like you couldn't go any further. And you felt like it was setback after setback after setback, or all of a sudden it seemed impossible. But how many of you know we serve the God of possibilities? With God, all things are possible. And I believe that for you. And I believe that for you, I believe that for me, that even though I don't see how it could happen, I believe God can do impossible things. Many years ago, there was someone who had a dream to light up the cities. His name was Thomas Alva Edison. There was someone who had a dream to fly, and their father, who was a preacher, those preachers, I tell you, you got to watch them. Their father said, who was a preacher, said if God wanted man to fly, he would have given them angels like, uh, wings like angels. And his sons were Orville and Wilbur Wright, who did the first powered airplane flight. There were people who dreamed that we could have technology and advanced technology, that something you use every day, your cell phone, Steve Jobs, you know, he brought that about. Someone said, you know what the difference between a cell phone is and people? Cell phones are getting slimmer and smarter. <laughs> Some of you get that on the way home. But it's really, really true. And we have to realize that we can dream even despite our own difficulties and our setbacks and things that are out of our control. I was watching in August, and many of you may have watched this. I love to watch, if I can, the Hall of Fame football inductees and hear their speeches. They're, they're so wonderful. There was a guy that was inducted this year in August. His name was Alan Fanica, and, and I really didn't know who he was. He's a lineman. You know, those linemen don't get a lot of notoriety. They're up there in the trenches. He, he was an offensive lineman. He, he played for 13 years in the NFL. He was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, nine times Pro Bowl, a Super Bowl winner, uh, all, uh, uh, you know, historic uh, Steeler uh, dream team, NFL uh, decade guy. Uh, th- this guy was amazing. He, he went to LSU, played high school football in Texas. But I didn't know this about him. When he was a teenager, he had had health difficulties, but when he was a teenager, early teenager, they diagnosed him with epilepsy. And he played all through high school and college, All-American, uh, NFL Hall of Fame, and he battled this horrible disease of epilepsy throughout his entire career, trying to continue to play. And now he's inducted into the Hall of Fame. I, I listened to another guy talk about uh, Alan Fanica, and the, the guy's name was Jerome Bettis. Does anybody remember who Jerome Bettis was? They called, they, they called him the bus. Does anybody remember that, the bus? Now, why did they call him the bus? Because Jerome Bettis was the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was 5'11 and weighed 255 pounds. Solid muscle. Listen, this is like a running brick. 5'11, 255. But this is what he said about 
Alan Fanica. He said, if it wasn't for Alan Fanica, I would not be in the Hall of Fame because this guy cleared the way for me to run the way I ran in the NFL. See, your dream can provide a way for somebody else's dream. So it's not just about you. When you fulfill your dream, you pursue your dream, you, you strive for your dream, you know what you're doing? You're clearing the way for somebody else to fulfill their dream. And that's exciting for me. And young people, you need to have a dream in your life. You need to pursue that. Do you know what the first dream in the Bible is? I really didn't know. When, I, when we got on this uh, series that we're doing starting today, I thought, what is the first dream in the Bible? The first dream in the Bible is a dream of warning, a dream of warning. Have you ever done this to a child or grandkids or, you know, a little toddler? Please do not stick this in the light socket. Please do not drink something from under the sink. Can I hear an amen? Please don't touch the stove. It is hot. Now, we're not doing that because we're horrible people. We're doing it because we love them. God many times gives you a dream of warning because he loves you. This is the first one, Genesis 20, verse 3. But God said to Abimelech, in a dream by night, said to him, now this is very early in your Bible, behold, you're a dead man because of the woman whom you've taken, for she is another man's wife. How many of you know God took this serious? Listen, if you have a maid, a spouse, you better stay in your own lane. Better stay in your own lane. Listen, God said, if you don't watch it here, you could die because of this. He took this very, very seriously. So what's he doing? He's giving this king a dream of warning. Don't go there because this is going to be damaging for you. And let me ask you this question. Has anybody here ever had a dream of warning? I mean, I have. Let me tell you mine. I, I was going into my senior year of college. I was living like a heathen. And I'm going into my senior year of college one night. I had this dream. Uh, I, I'm in a townhouse with about four other guys. The only way we could afford a townhouse is there had to be four of us. We had to split the rent four different ways. Anybody understand the process? So I, I have a dream that night. And let me tell you what I dreamed. I dreamed about the rapture. And in this dream, I could see a long way. There were people everywhere. I could see roads and streets and houses and buildings. It's like I had this panoramic view. Jesus came in the clouds, and all of a sudden, people begin to rise off the earth, and they're meeting him in the air, and I never lifted. I didn't lift. And, and I, I could see people going up, and, and I'm thinking, I, I need to get off the ground. I need to lift, but I, I never lifted. And then this horrible, sick feeling came over me. This is really true. And I'm left behind. What, what am I going to do? I mean, this happened. And when I woke up, I am sweaty. I, 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 I have a chill. I'm shaking because it got my attention. You know what I would say that would be? It was a dream of warning. But after about three or four days, you know what I did? I went right back to the way I always lived. Isn't that sad that I would do that? But God loves you so much, sometimes he will give you and I a dream of warning because he loves us. You know what the second dream in the Bible is? The second dream in the Bible is a dream of opportunity. First one's warning. The second one is a dream of opportunity. How many of you would rather have the dream of opportunity? Genesis chapter 28, it's about this man by the name of Jacob. So verse 10, Jacob left Beersheba, went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. 
Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head, lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder or a staircase set on the earth. The top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, to the east, the north, the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Isn't that wonderful? God said, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to promise that I'll keep my promises. Now, let's break this down. Three things here. Here's number one. This is who I am, God says. I want to tell you who I am. Now, if you break down this word, I am the Lord God. I am Jehovah Elohim, the all-powerful existing one. I am the creator. I am the beginning. I am the ending. I am the first. I am the last. There is no one but me, almighty omniscient God. That's who I am, Jacob. I want you to know me. Let me tell you, God wants you to know him today. He wants you to know him in his power, in his sovereignty, in his love, his grace, his mercy. And that's what Jacob is experiencing here. It's not enough for grandpa to know God. It's not enough for dad to know God. You need to know God. And I need to know God. Jacob, I want you to know me. I am the Lord God. I am Jehovah Elohim. I am your sustainer. Now the second thing he said was, let me tell you what I can do for you. This is what I can do for you. I can give you this land. I'll give you something to work with. I'm going to give you posterity, offspring like the dust of the earth. I'm going to give you increase. You shall spread to the east. The west, north, south, I'll give you my presence. I promise you that I will never leave you, and I promise that I will keep my promises. I love that last line. I promise I'll keep my promises. Has anyone ever said, I promise? Oh, you can count on me. Has anybody been disappointed? God says, I promise I will keep my promises. Now, let me tell you the third thing he said here. This is who you can impact. Jacob, I want to impact you, but let me tell you who you can impact with this dream. Your offspring and all the families of the earth. Remember the little story I told you about Riley last week? Uh, Papa, uh, me and Cece are going to sleep in this bed. You go get in the other bed. So Sunday, Carrie's preparing for her mother's birthday, getting ready, about 20 people. So I brought Riley to church with me Sunday. Many of you saw me with her. She was pretty good. She wouldn't go to the back, but she wanted to stay with Papa. So I taught Sunday school with her on the front seat. And, and she was with me to, through two services Sunday. So this morning, I get a phone call, and it's Riley. And my little three-year-old said, Papa, I wish I was in church with you this morning. Let me tell you, you can impact somebody. The first thing he said you can impact, the first people, he said you can impact your family. And secondly, he said, and you and your family can impact and bless all the families of the earth. You see, when you pursue your dream, when, when you go where God wants you to go and you do what God wants you to do, you don't just do it for you, you do it for you and everybody around you. 
I mean, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? So he says, this is what we're doing. I love what Kevin Nago said. Why should you continue after your dreams? Because when you see the look on the faces of the people who said you couldn't do it, it will be priceless. I love that line. Because somebody's going to tell you, oh, you can't do that, you can't achieve that, you can't become that. Well, let me tell you, but when you do that with God's help, just look at what they look like. Because how many of you know, God said, I promise, I promise, I promise, I'll keep my promise. And, and that, that's, that's exciting. So what could hinder you from your dream today? What, what could keep me back? What could hold me back? Well, I'm glad you asked. Number one, the first thing that could hinder me in my dream is predicting my future based on my past. You should never predict your future based on your past. How many of you know we've all disappointed ourselves? We've disappointed other people. We've disappointed God. Can I hear a hearty amen? And if you didn't say amen, you're disappointing me right now because you don't understand. We've all disappointed people, right? But you can't predict your future based on your past failures we've all made poor choices we, we've all had setbacks that delayed our progress we all have a history and sometimes it was out of our control do you know who Robert Downey Jr. is um, let, let me rephrase this anybody know who Iron Man is okay we're on the same page here so Robert Downey Jr. plays Iron Man in all these movies now, I knew this, some things I didn't know till just this week. I knew that he had a history of difficulties. I knew he'd been in jail over and over again. I knew he had addiction problems. But I didn't really know why. His father, obviously, Robert Downey Sr., was a drug addict. He offered his son his first drugs when he was six years old. Robert Downey Jr., started using drugs given by his father who was an addict at six years old by age eight he was an addict age eight and he's in and out of jail he's in prison he, he goes through different programs he, he's caught with possession right he goes from this to this to this but finally when he gets cleaned up he knows where he wants to go but there's setbacks there's difficulties and some of them he didn't even start himself he was a product of something that he had to move past. But today, he's one of the highest paid actors in the world. He's worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. But he pursued the dream. He had to get over some things that was a hindrance and a setback. And everybody has to. No one gets a pass on this. So we, we can't predict our future based on our past. Here's the second thing. We don't want to not believe that God is able. When you believe God is not able, how many of you know you hinder yourself? We serve a God who is able to do above and beyond what we can think or ask. So God is able. Now, when we doubt that, we're not seeing God as who God really is, his rightful place, his sovereignty, his power, his strength. So when I doubt God, I'm not looking at God the way God needs to be looked at. I need to see him the way he is. I want you to see something that happened in Matthew's gospel. It's Matthew 9, verse 27. Let me set the scene. Jesus has just healed uh, and resurrected from the dead a 12-year-old girl. Remember the, the synagogue ruler's uh, young lady 
young daughter, she's sick, then she dies, Jesus goes in and resurrects. So he's leaving that house, now he's going to another house. Let me read it. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him crying out, saying, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. Would you go back to verse 28? Do you believe that I am able to do this? Direct question. Here's the direct question to you. Do you believe God is able to help you? Do you believe God is able to get you over the addiction, over the hurt, the pain, the abuse, the suffering, the, the, the setback? the death, the sickness, whatever it is, questioned by Jesus, do you believe I am able to do this? And they said, yes, we do. And then a miracle happened. How many of you know your faith is very important? You play a part in this. You have to become a believer and not a doubter. Now, here's the third thing that we have to really watch about giving up and not seeing our dreams being fulfilled, we give up during difficult times. We just give up when it gets difficult. Uh, and, and there's always reasons to give up, right? You know, I don't feel good today, or this happened. It's my mom, it was my dad, it was my job, it's my health, it's this or that. There's a lot of reasons to give up. Everybody's got a reason to give up. But you know what? You don't give in to all the reasons that may be legitimate, you have to keep pressing on. Now here's a verse about Joseph that's kind of tucked away, and if you don't watch it, you'll miss it, like me. Psalm 105, in the middle of that psalm, there's a reference to Joseph, the guy we read about at the beginning. Now this is what it says, verse 17, Joseph was sold as a slave. His feet were hurt with fetters, his neck was put in a collar of iron until he had until what he had said came to pass the word of the Lord tested him would you say that last line with me the word of the Lord tested him now let's all say it together here we go the word of the Lord tested him now half of you didn't say anything we're, we're, we're going to get this right real loud round bunches here we go for the word of the Lord tested him wow God tested him now, you don't read this part in Genesis, but according to the Word of God, when he was sold into slavery by his brothers, can you picture he was put with another group of slaves, they put an iron collar around his neck, they put chains on his feet, and maybe they had them all lined up, chained together, and here they go in chains, marching down to Egypt. Can you think with me that Joseph, at that moment, said, I don't know if my dream will ever come to pass. I have, a, I have a ring of iron around my neck. I have shackles on my feet. I'm chained up and I'm headed to a foreign land. But I, but I heard a, a voice. I had a dream. I had a glimpse of what could happen. But it seems like it's going exactly the opposite way now. But the word of the Lord tested him. Joseph is being tested. The dream and the dreamer now is being tested. Why should we be shocked that God would test us? Is anybody shocked that God would test you? That God would try you, put you through the test? For 13 years, 
God is putting Joseph through the test. It's not in the limelight. It's not in the spotlight. It's not in front of his family. It's not on stage. You know where he's testing him? He's testing him in the private moments, the recesses of darkness, when nobody else can really see that he knows Joseph is being tested. Why? Because what is not tested cannot be trusted. We test things that we trust. And things we trust must be tested. If God is testing you, don't give up. He's just showing you what you can do. We already know what he can do. He's showing you what you can do now. Every once in a while when I haul something or pull something, have you ever went and got the chain and that chain when you bought it, it said it's tested to 5 tons, 10 tons, 20 tons. Or you got the strap, and it, it says it will hold up 1,500 pounds, 2,000 pounds, 3,000, 4,000, 6,000. You know why it can carry that label? Because somebody tested it. Sometimes you want to do the thing without the label of testing, and God does not work that way. God will test who he uses, and we have to be tested to be trusted. All of a sudden, he's in the pit. You going to be faithful, Joseph? You going to keep pursuing me, loving me? All of a sudden, he's in Potiphar's house as a slave. Joseph, you going to keep loving me, following me? All of a sudden, there's someone who accuses him of something he did not do, and he's thrown into prison. Joseph, you going to still love me in the prison? You going to love me when things don't work out? Let me tell you, the testing sometimes goes on in the dark, and then God reveals you to the light. Listen, the testing wasn't in the palace. It was in the prison. It was in Potiphar's house. It was in the pit. That's where the testing was. Why is God testing him? Because he has a huge dream. You see, dreams inspire us. Dreams drive us, and they guide us, and they set us on journeys and destinations. All of a sudden, we have these dreams, and We have to realize dreams are never about us individually. I mean, they are about us, but they're about more than us. They're they're about a bigger scope, a a, a bigger thing. Can I take you back to the two dreams that Joseph had? Each one included what? Him and his family. Say that with me. Him and his family. So he is the she, but there's other she's around him. There's the sun, the moon, and the stars in the second dream. So the dream is not just about Joseph personally individually alone it's about the family that is around him that's what the dream is about because dreams are interconnected this is more about joseph getting to the palace this is about joseph saving his family and listen saving the seed of the messiah to be alive for jesus christ to come later this is what the dream is about this is more than just about joseph your dream is more than just about you your, your, your dream includes other people. Listen, Henry Ford, it's great that you're going to have an assembly line, but you're not going to do much without electricity and lights in the plant. Thank you, Thomas Alva Edison. You, you, you listen, you're not going to get your products to market. You're not going to get them to the East Coast and the West Coast without roads and vehicles and airplanes. Thank you, Henry Ford. Thank you, Wilbur and Orville for the airplane why because it's all interconnected you can't do this unless somebody else does that so your dream 
inspires somebody else to dream. Your dream fulfills somebody else's dream over here. I, I can't be an NFL Hall of Fame running back unless I got an NFL Hall of Fame blocker in front of me. Bettis can't say, I did this without somebody blocking for him. You see how that's connected? It's all woven together. And, and you and I, we're, we're a part of that together today. We need to dream some big dreams. You need to dream some big dreams. And maybe you feel like today your dream is not on the horizon, not going to happen. Listen, God brought us here today for me and the Holy Spirit and other people around you to stir up your dream. Would it be all right if we stirred up your dream? Let's stir it up. When Riley was with us this week uh, in past, her and Carrie made cookies. And uh, they put it in the big mixing bowl and it mixes, it stirs up and it stirs up and it stirs up. And so they bake the cookies. And so we're at church Sunday. Matt and Stephanie and Hartley are coming down. And I called Carrie and I said, Is there anything you need before Riley and I come home? And she said, No, but Matt and Stephanie and Hartley are here. And uh, they're here. And she said, Guess what? Riley, Uncle Matt's eating your cookies. <laughs> that got her attention. And I said, Riley, Uncle Matt's at our house eating your cookies. She said, we're calling the cookie police if he keeps eating those cookies. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the cookie police? Well, there must be a cookie police somewhere. But stir it up. You, you can't get the product unless you stir it up. I want to tell you something. Just like Paul told Timothy, stir it up. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. And every once in a while, our embers get a little low. Mine does, yours do. We need to come in here and worship. We need to praise. We need to get around one another that are dreaming together. We need to get hot together. We need to bump up against each other. Why? Because we're dreaming. We're dreaming about something big. Because God is big. The vision is big. The dream is big. You've heard the quote, don't dream small dreams because small dreams do not stir the hearts and the passion of people. So what are we doing? We're dreaming big dreams. Can I take you back about 40-something years ago? We're in a little white church. It's not as big as this section right here. True. The pulpit's an old icebox. It's been converted to a pulpit. No central air, no central heat. Three other rooms in that building, one generic bathroom. Listen, we were unisex before it ever became popular. You just had to knock on the door and make sure nobody's in there, right? I mean, that, that's where we started. Tanner told us the other day that over 40-something thousand people have downloaded our sermons on podcast. We're in over 14 countries around the world on podcasts. Last week when Pastor Matt preached, about 1,500 people watched him online preaching. Don't tell me dreams can't come true. Don't tell me God's not working. Don't tell me God can do above and beyond what you can even think or ask. Now why do we need to dream big? Just like God told Jacob, because what your dream will do, it will affect your family and the other families on the earth. Listen, what we do here at Ray of Hope not only affects us here today, but our families, our communities, our county, our state, and our world. Yeah. 
That's why we should dream. That's why we should have a new youth building where hundreds and hundreds of young people and children can come and hear about Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, we have enough talking heads out there, a woke community and a society that's teaching our kids and our young people things that they do not need to learn. They need to hear the unadulterated word of the living God. That there is a right and there is a wrong. There are dreams of warnings. There's dreams of opportunities. I want to heed the warning so I can get to the opportunity. We can dream together. This is not something we're doing just to go through the motions. Together, we can do something bigger than ourselves. But I do realize that there are things that set us back. There's the sin, the guilt. There's the hurts, the pains, the disappointments, the failures. But I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ can take care of all of those. Why do we sing about the blood? Why do we preach about the cross? Why do we talk about the atonement? Why do we talk about the powerful God that we serve? Because he can take care of the sin problem. He can take care of the guilt. He can take care of the shame. He can take care of your past. He can allow you to dream again, dreams that you need to be dreaming, things that you need to keep on the horizon of your life to keep pushing through. Let me tell you what I've learned. I'm not really smart, but I do know this. Young people have dreams and old people have dreams. If you read your Bible, young people dreamed and old people dreamed. God is no respecter of person. Whatever your age is, young or old, God can still have a dream for you. You can still press to it, aspire to it, and let God do something wonderful in your life and my life. Isn't that exciting? I want you to bow your head. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.